Welcome to AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. Each week, we deliver informative health and wellness topics you want to know about, so be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast channel. And if you have any questions about content discussed in this episode, ask them at AFSPA Live, our live Q&A session streaming every last Thursday of the month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on youtube.com slash AFSPACares. Now here's your host, Chief Operating Officer Kyle Longton. Hi, and welcome to another episode of ASPA Talks. I'm Kyle Longton, your host, and I'm excited to continue our month-long focus on Life Insurance Awareness Month. Did you know that September is Life Insurance Awareness Month? Hopefully you did after listening to our last episode, which included highlights from earlier episodes focused on life insurance, accidental death and dismemberment insurance, critical illness insurance, and disability insurance. Now, before I get to the details of today's episode, I want to remind you to mark your calendar for Thursday, September 29th at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's when you can join me for AFSPA Live. We'll have an expert with us to answer your questions about life insurance and beyond. Look for details and ways to join or ask your question um, via email or on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Search for AFSPA Cares. Now, today, we're taking a broader view of what life insurance is intended to provide, financial security and surety for your loved ones. So today, ASPA talks financial planning and wealth management. Now, the process of financial planning and even managing existing wealth can be a little bit different for federal employees than it might be for others, the private sector, or even state employees. We are fortunate to have with us, though, a true expert from the Government Employees Benefits Association, or GIBA. Now, as a special preview for our podcast subscribers, I want to encourage you to watch our social feeds and your email for an announcement about our upcoming partnership between AFSPA and GIBA. That's all I can say for now, but that's not all we've got for you today. I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episode, Greg Klingler, the COO and Vice President of Wealth Management at GIBA. Greg joined GIBA in 2010. He began his career there as director of products and member services, and has since transitioned to focusing solely on wealth management. Greg has been advising state and federal employees since 2003 and assisting them in maximizing their retirement plans. He's been in a a management role since 2005, holding a number of titles, including mentor, branch manager, compliance officer, and director. He specializes in retirement planning using pensions, survivor pensions, employer-sponsored insurance, and retirement plans, as well as portfolio analysis, estate planning, and college planning. Greg has been featured on Federal News Radio, WBFF, WBAL, and Maryland Public Television to discuss varying financial topics. Greg has also authored and contributed to articles for Federal Soup, FedSmith, Barron's, and Washington Blade. Greg is married and has two beautiful daughters. Among his many achievements, Greg is a certified financial planner, a certified plan fiduciary advisor, and perhaps most importantly for our group, he has achieved the Chartered Federal Benefits Consultation designation. He's bringing a lot of experience and expertise to today's episode um, and to the work that he does every day at GIBA. So without any further ado, let's get to the interview. All right, and Greg Klungler, welcome to Ask the Talks. Thank you for having me. Now, to start off, I want to make sure our listeners know what GIBA is. Can you give us a quick overview? Absolutely. Um, so GIBA is a nonprofit organization. We were founded back in 1957 by NSA employees for NSA employees. 
And we were found with a very specific goal in mind back then. And that was life insurance and health insurance, because frankly, there were no um, agency-specific um, components that allowed for health insurance and life insurance. So we were created to fill in with um, over the next 65 years, we continue to evolve to meet that need. Um, you know, high points in 1982, we started offering investments to our members. And this was primarily a result of the pension programs changing from the old pension CSRS to the new pension first, or for you foreign service folks from the FSRDS to the FSPS. And we found that the need for saving was much greater now using the pension program. So we evolved to allow that. Now, these were very limited in nature but they were investing in each. Uh, today, we offer cost-effective, customized solutions to members and their families. Members would be anybody inside the federal government. We currently serve about 17,000 people and we continue to grow. And what may be the most important of all these things is our board of directors is um, filled by active and retired federal employees, primarily from our home agency, but also from around the intelligence community and from around the federal government as a whole. And, and I appreciate that. And, and our organizations have a lot in common. We'll come back to that in just a minute. Um, but uh, we also operate in some common spaces. We'll call it friendly competition. Um, but notably, you all um, offer some, some important services that ASPA does not, um, particularly in the area of financial planning and wealth management. Um, as we're talking about life insurance this month and and financial security and so forth. Can you tell us a little bit about the services offered under GIBA Wealth Management? Yeah, um, as you mentioned, you know, we, I think we kind of started off with the same roots, AFSPA and GIBA, um, but at, there was a time where we kind of diverged into several different um, directions. One of the directions that we diverged in was um, investments and eventually into financial planning, retirement planning. Um, so we began doing that in 1982. And again, a very limited investment offering based on what the needs were from the other change in the pension program. Um, since then, we began to amass other proprietary programs, other discounted investments. But in 2010, that's really where we made the big leap to offer full comprehensive planning for federal employees. We added a full suite of financial planning software which we provide to members and potential members free of charge. Uh, portfolio management software, again, free of charge. And um, what may be most important is the way we've added to our people. Um, I would define our people with three separate words, experience, expertise, and motivation. Experience, um, our average financial advisor here in the office has over 15 years of experience. Expertise, they all hold a certification that guarantees experience and expertise with federal employees and their benefits, which are very, very important. And many of them have certified financial planning designations as well as many other designations that show quite a bit of expertise. And what may be the most important thing is motivation. You know, from the top down, our board of directors are your peers. They're federal employees, retired federal employees, um, and they've take, taken care of their people very, very seriously. And that culture has gone down throughout the organization, so much so that even compensation, none of our financial advisors are compensated based on commission. It's salary only. There is an incentive, but that incentive is based on work, not on what's being sold. The goal is to always avoid the conflict of interest 
and always provide the best advice at all times for our membership. So again, experience, expertise, motivation. Um, we do do full financial planning. And for many people, that's probably more than what they need, which is why we can always break up financial planning into a la carte. What do you need? How can we help? Um, and financial planning can be broken up into a lot of different areas. Investment planning, uh, retirement planning, legacy planning, investment allocation, which would be just what do you, what's in your um, TSP. Can it be better diversified? Um, individual investments, you have an investments outside of your TSP. Are those properly diversified when you look at all of your investments? Tax advantage investing. Are you taking most advantage of your investing from a tax standpoint? Pension maximization for those people who are looking at retirement. Do you take the survivor benefit? Do you not take the survivor benefit? What level of survivor benefit do you take? Or is buying life insurance a more efficient use of your money? Social security analysis for those new um, pension people. Obviously, Social Security gets a little bit more interesting for the old pension people with the windfall elimination and the government pension offset. And then lastly, college savings. Most people are going to have goals that take into account one or multiple of those items that I mentioned, um, but we can do anything from one to all from a financial planning standpoint. I have a lot of questions from what you just shared, um, but I want to I want to start out and I'll give our, our listeners a little history that, uh, Greg, you and I first personally connected during a webinar for association executives through ASAE. Um, and you were paying a bit more attention than I was because you recognized AFSA right away. And then I realized, oh, Kiva. Um, but I was so glad to to find not only another person from a, a 501c9, uh, a VIVA, but also somebody who's working in the federal space because we don't run into that a lot. Um, it is a, a unique space. The federal workforce is unique and, and has unique needs. So um, you've hinted at this. Um, you and your team are, are especially qualified in understanding and advising on federal benefits. Um, for somebody who's maybe new to the federal workforce or who hasn't delved into financial planning at all, why is it important to have somebody with this specialized knowledge? Yeah, first off, it was a great surprise to see you on that webinar. Um, and it was great to connect initially. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, so federal employees, a very large portion of their financial and their retirement plan is going to be based on and built off of the federal benefits that they have at their disposal. Um, they're very powerful. They're very good benefits, especially when you compare them to, let's say, the private sector. Um, so a financial plan or retirement plan really would not be complete or accurate unless we took into the took those benefits into account as we plan for your future. So, you know, to, to kind of itemize them, we have pensions, you know, and more specifically pensions with a COLA, which are very rare relative to the private sector peers. We have the TSP. The TSP is where most federal employees have the vast majority of their wealth. There's FEGLIN, which can get very expensive in retirement for, let's say, option B, but they do provide guaranteed free insurance for, let's say, the basic option, 25% of what you were insured before you retired. Um, and we have health insurance. You know, approximately 74% of health insurance is subsidized. It's very, very powerful. Um, and what may be more powerful is the fact that you are not required to sign up for Medicare Part B. Um, you know, your, um, your military peers would be required to sign up for Medicare Part B. So again, all of these things factored together are part of your financial plan that can't be ignored because it's a very large part of your financial plan. 
and and you're giving some previews of some of the discussions we'll be having, uh, at least in the health insurance area, will come come open season in some of our other um, episodes. But um, I, and I appreciate that 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 my I have family members who were state employees and their selections were even different from the federal and from from commercial, uh, you know, private sector and so forth. Absolutely. So and, and you mentioned before that you know your team. It works on salary. There's some incentives there, but um, there it's it's not. You're not working on a, um, you know, a, a, a basis of you know what they sell. They they the more they sell, the more they get. Um, and so um, I'm just wondering, just with that in mind, can you walk us through sort of the typical conversation with a client um, and how that that might inform things and and the advice that that a client might receive. Yeah, this is kind of one of the places where we definitely skew from the industry as a whole. Um, we are a nonprofit organization, and as a nonprofit organization, we can do things a little bit differently, and we can take a little bit more time in working through um, what one person would call the sales cycle, but what we'd like to more, what we more enjoy calling it, which would be the solution cycle, the ability to help somebody. So typically speaking, the way it works is we, we will have one meeting. And this is probably the most important meeting of all of the meetings where we make sure we're a good fit for each other. Now, we have financial advisors in the office of um, all, all, all shapes and sizes, um, of all personalities. And we hope that we have a financial, the op- financial advisor in the office who's a very good fit for every person. And we think we do. Um, but the first, the first step is making sure that we're a good fit. Are you a good fit for me or am I a good fit for you? Is there a trust there? Is there a like? Um, personality. At that point, then we start outlining your goals. When do you want to retire? What is the budget that you want to retire? Or can you provide information that helps us back into what the budget you're going to retire looks like? Like, are you, do you plan on travel? Where do you plan on retiring? Um, because taxes, budget, and even the cost of long-term care is going to vary very differently based on where you're going to retire, whether it be inside the United States or even outside the United States. And at that point during the first meeting, we will generally review your investments. But really doing a detailed dive is not going to happen until the second meeting. Um, between the first and second meeting, typically we ask for you to provide statements. Um, those statements are going to include a tax summary, a recent TSP statement, any other financial accounts that you have that are you know, of, of substantial size that would contribute towards your retirement, a pension summary. Or information that would contribute to us being able to estimate your pension, like a leave and earning statement. Um, general information on your mortgage and how much your property is worth, and if you're planning on selling that property in retirement to help fund your retirement. And then any other bank account over $50,000. Once we have that information, that's generally enough for us to go pretty far into the financial planning process. And the only additional item that we would need would be a, a social security statement for people who are social security eligible or for people who have a spouse who's social security eligible. Um, During the second meeting, that's where we present a draft of the financial plan. Now I say draft because a financial plan, it's gonna be a working document. It's gonna continue to evolve as you get close to retirement and then into retirement. Um, As we present this, we're gonna present the assumptions that we made in order to make the numbers work. And at that point, you can agree or deny or change those assumptions as we work through this process. This is a working document. We change it right on the spot. Um, once we have a general idea of a consensus on the assumptions, then we spit out the results. 
Are the results positive? Are they negative? We use a Monte Carlo simulation that runs a thousand different scenarios. And our goal is to get you in the top about 80%, assuming that we need a conservative um, estimates, mind you. Um, once we get in the top 80%, if the numbers are really good, then we start stress testing it. Can we spend more money in retirement? Can we, can we retire you earlier? Can we self-insure something that we had insurance against before so we can drop, let's say, life insurance or long-term care insurance from that equation? And we provide general recommendations on investments, insurance, and the third meeting, once a financial plan is digested, under the framework of the financial plan, the third meeting is when we implement those recommendations. So that's typically how we work. And that's going to be kind of the shortest cycle that we follow. If people have more questions, there could be more meetings. Um, in almost all cases, that whole process, it's free of charge. We don't feel comfortable giving recommendations unless we know the situation, unless we know the membership. And we know that it's a good decision for you. Um, if we only have a very small piece of your portfolio, we don't know what everything else is invested in. We don't know what everything else is invested in. We don't feel comfortable making a recommendation on a small piece. We need to know everything. doesn't mean we have to manage everything. We just have to have a basic understanding so we can provide the best possible care. And Greg, it's, it's a lot of people now are interested in, in making investments in um, or focusing their investments on sort of um, environmental, social governance, they, they, they focus on that. Um, is that something that your team is able to, to take into account when making recommendations as well? Yeah, yes, absolutely. It's, it's a hot topic in the marketplace today. Um, most managed accounts that we use and money managers that we use do have a number of different aspects. Some of them have your typical ESG funds, which are kind of pre-built to avoid the, um, the, the socially negative aspects of investing. Um, others actually will allow you to pick and choose different aspects that you want to omit from the investment guidelines. Um, so yeah, absolutely. That's that's definitely something that's a hot topic and everybody's telling Okay. Um, and, and you touched on this before, and I wonder if we, we can circle back to it. Um, it sounds like you're not just looking at money managers, different portfolios and things like that. Your, your work goes beyond that. You mentioned different types of, of insurance. Can you talk about how that plays into the the plan that you all put together for a client member? Yep. So as part of a standard financial plan, um, you know, the goal is we want to make sure that your retirement is comfortable for both yourself and your family. In doing so, we, we have to meet risks head on. So what are typical risks that people see? Well, a, a bread earner passing away. Well, that's a, that's a major risk because it, it takes away income from the family. Um, the high cost of long-term care, again, that's a major risk that takes income away from the family. Um, in retirement, the loss of a, pen, a primary pensioner. Now, theoretically, the survivor will get 50 or 55%, depending on the pension, but that is a loss and that is a risk. So when we look at risk, this is not about selling insurance. This is about mathematically determining, okay, what are your goals? What is your budget? What do you have to, to meet those goals? And is there any risk that we cannot self-insure against? If we have huge pensions and huge TSP, odds are you probably can self-insure against two primary risks, which are um, life insurance and long-term care insurance. You probably don't need either one of those. The truth is most federal employees are going to be able to self-insure a portion of those risks, but generally not all of those risks. And that's when small plans come into place. The key really is we want to 
and give you the protection that you need at the most efficient price possible, if you need. I think this is going to become that that at least the long-term care portion increasingly important this year um, as we see uh, the federal federal plan um, issuing the the changes for the first time in seven years. So um, I imagine you all will be busy looking at that. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I imagine that it's not going to be nearly as substantial change as it was back in 2016 when we hope that's not the case. Um, we also suspect that's not the case too. I I I hope you're <laughs> right. It's not as, not as big as some people saw. Good. Um, well, some people might be shy about engaging conversations about financial planning, wealth management. Maybe they feel that they don't have enough money or enough in their TSP or anything like that for it to be worthwhile, or they fear that the cost of such a consultation would be prohibitive. You've addressed that already. Um, or maybe they think, okay, I'm too old for this. Uh, there's nothing that's going to be able to change for me, or I'm too young. It's, I shouldn't start yet. Uh, do you have any response to any of that? How would you advise people with any of these hesitations or or others that maybe you run into? Yeah, I mean, in, in some cases, yeah, the, the confidence issue is saying, well, I don't have a lot of wealth, so would it be a waste of somebody's time to meet with them? Um, so I, I can't speak for other companies do with what other companies care about. What I can tell you is, again, as a nonprofit organization, we work a little bit different. You know, the, the, the majority of federal employees' assets are typically tied in their TSP which means no financial advisors touching them. But with that being said, we can help get you on the track for success. If all of your money is in the G fund and you're 25 years old, odds are you're probably not doing it exactly right. If all of your money is in the S fund and you're 60 years old, again, odds are probably we want to make some changes. Um, but we can definitely help you with that very easily because frankly, the TSP is a very simple fund. You got your five investments plus your target date funds. So we can get you in the right going in the right direction really, really quickly. So the sooner you start, the better. Um, there's really no, there's very few reasons why somebody should not be investing at least a little bit in their TSP to take advantage of the match. We want to make sure those dollars are working for you in the best possible way. So from a too early standpoint, there's really no too early. Once you become a federal employee, take advantage of the match. Let's get you invested in the most appropriate way possible. Uh, too late? Well, um, in most cases, the accumulation plan is probably going to be over if you're looking at um, retirement planning post-retirement, but there's still planning to be done. Okay. I have this budget. Is my budget going to last with the assets that I have? Do I need to adjust them? Am I post-retirement, but pre-age 65? Do I need to take Medicare Part B? Is that a good choice or not? It's a conservative choice, but is it the right choice for me? Um, Past post age 65, how do I handle my required minimum distributions? And then typically speaking around 75 or so, people really start thinking about, okay, I have this money, maybe I won't spend it because I have this great pension. What is the most tax efficient way to leave money to my heirs? Or what is the best way I can leave money to my heirs and control it post-death, make sure my heirs use it as I want it to be used? So, there's a lot of aspects to financial planning. Again, we do it a la carte. We are not lawyers, just to be clear. So when it comes to a trust, we work with trust attorneys. We do not write trusts. But you said that just like an attorney providing the, the I guess, really, or, or in finance, providing that uh, clarity. So um, 
Greg, I, I really appreciate, I've learned a lot um, and I have other things I'm going to go. Uh, TSP is a mystery to me and you've, you've started to, um, uh, you know, reveal it to me in, in various ways, but I'm going to leave all of that advising to you. Um, and I, 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 like I said, I've learned so much. I've enjoyed it. Before we go, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, well, kind of just to summarize everything, you know, that we talked about today, you know, federal employees, they really do have good benefits. You know, the key that we do with ECIBA is we try to take these good benefits and supplement them and augment them and really turn them into great benefits. Um, for the listeners who have financial advisors who have expertise in federal benefits, then they should definitely just keep track with their financial advisor and make sure that they're on track. If they don't have that, um, you know, Giva's here to help. We were put on this earth back in 1957 to help out um, federal employees, just like your listeners. We take, we do that day in, day out, and we actually take that responsibility really seriously. So we're, we're here to help. Fantastic. And uh, Craig, thank you very much. I'll, I'll be providing some information to our listeners about how to act, uh, to, to access your services and learn more. Um, and we'll also have some more information in the show notes for today. So, um, Greg, thanks again for joining us for AFSPA Talks. Thanks for having me. To learn more about GIBA and their wealth management services, please visit GIBAWealth.com. As a disclaimer, please note that securities offered by Cape Securities Incorporated, a member FINRA SIPC, manage money offered through Cape Securities Advisory. Past returns do not guarantee future results. The views expressed within this podcast should not be considered a personalized recommendation. If you desire specific recommendations, please contact a financial advisor who will consider your financials, risk tolerance, and investment time horizon prior to advising on potential solutions. This has been AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. All information offered in this podcast is meant to be educational. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own and do not necessarily represent AFSPA. Should there be any discrepancy between information offered in this podcast and the official plan documents for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan or the other products offered by AFSPA, the policy provisions will prevail. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to AFSPA Talks to catch our next episode and look for us at the end of the month on AFSPA Live last Thursday of this month at 11 a.m. Eastern. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and share feedback with us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Look for at Aspa Cares. Talk to you next week.